Good day, everyone. Welcome to Learning Bible Truth. I am your host and teacher, Dr. Kamala D., here to take you on a tour of the Bible by reading entire books, not just one scripture of the Bible. And I will be sharing commentary with you while we read line upon line and precept upon precept of every scripture. Since you won't take the time to study and show yourself approved before God, I am bringing the scriptures to you. So get your Bibles, take out pen and paper, invite family and friends, take notes, and let's learn Bible truth. Good morning, saints. It is almost 12 noon in the state of Louisiana, so it is still morning. I hope this day finds you well. I hope it finds your family well. I hope you are experiencing some beautiful weather. I hope your Thanksgiving was pleasant and that in the midst of this pandemic, you had an opportunity to at least spend time with some of your family members. So with that said, we are embarking on episode four of this, I would say, untimely series because it has 31 chapters and I don't know when we will conclude chapter 31. Now we will cover chapters 15, 16, 17, and 18 today, hopefully 19. It depends on how I feel because I am a little tired, but I uh, always pray before I begin an episode and hopefully the Lord will give me the strength to complete chapter 19. Now, I am still using the ESV, the English Standard Version. That doesn't mean I will complete the rest of the series using the ESV. You guys know me, the ones who follow me on a regular basis. I tend to switch up the versions of the Bible for several reasons. But the main reason is I choose the version that is the closest to the Hebrew writing at that time because all of the versions are not. Yes, so that clearly means that I do I do a lot of studying, a lot of studying. When I study, I don't I don't just study one version of the Bible, I I study several. So whichever one is the closest to the Hebrew writing, that is the one I will use for that episode. So, with that said, in the latter part of chapter 14, Saul had delivered the Israelites out of the hands of the Amalekites. Yes, and basically anyone who tried to attack Israel, Saul had plundered them. Yes, he had destroyed them. So, let me read the last two chapters of chapter 14 before we start chapter 15. Verse 51 in chapter 14, Kish was the father of Saul and Ner the father of Abner was the son of Abiel. Verse 52, there was hard fighting against the Philistines all the days of Saul. That's all they did was fight. And when Saul saw any strong man or any valiant man, he attached him to himself, meaning he added that individual to his army. Okay. Now 
verse 1 of chapter 15. I am commencing to reading. And Samuel said to Saul, The Lord sent me to anoint you king over his people Israel. Now therefore listen to the words of the Lord. Verse 2. Thus says the Lord of hosts, I have noted what Amalek did to Israel in opposing them on the way when they came up out of Egypt. Now, I want you guys uh, to understand when the Bible says, thus says the Lord. And Samuel, uh, for those of you who's been following the series, is the prophet of God. Okay, the prophet of Israel at that time. Um, the Amalekites, uh, a, a nomadic tribe that inhabited the desert south of Judah. You can read about that in, in, uh, numbers chapter 13, verse 29. They did not like Israel. They are the archetypal plunders in biblical tradition. They attacked Israel at, uh, Rephidim. And you can read about that in Exodus 17, verse eight. And the Lord declared war on them. This is why he is asking Saul to go attack them. Now, if you want to read about that, uh, about why God is exacting revenge on them, you can read about it in Exodus chapter 17, verses 14 through 16, Deuteronomy chapter 25 and verses 17 through 19. They joined other groups against Israel in numbers. Chapter 14, verses 41 through 45, and Judges, chapter 3, verse 13, chapter 6, verse 3, and chapter 10, verse 12. They attacked David's city of Ziglag in, in 1 Samuel 30, when we reach that. And David subdued them in 2 Samuel 8, 12. Yes, they were some horrible people. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. Now, let's pick up at verse 3. Now go and strike Amalek and devote to destruction all that they have. Now I want you to listen to the command that God gave Samuel to give to Saul. Okay? Because this is going to be the beginning of the downfall of Saul. Listen, let me, let me read three again. Now go and strike Amalek and devote to destruction all. Now the word all does not exclude anything. It says all that they have. Do not spare them, but kill both man and woman, child and infant, ox and sheep, camel and donkey. Now I know this seems horrific. This seems terrible. This seems evil, but you have to remember there is no evil associated with God. And it's really not about um, what God told Samuel to tell Saul to do. It's about obedience. It's about whether or not Saul would do what the Lord told him. And remember again, those were some evil people. Okay. Now verse four. So Saul summoned the people and numbered them in Telaim, 200,000 men on foot and 10,000 men of Judah. Verse five. And Saul came to the city of Amalek and lay in wait in the valley. Verse 6. Then Saul said to the Kenites, Go, depart, go down from among the Amalekites, lest I destroy you with them. 
For you showed kindness to all the people of Israel when they came up out of Egypt. So the Kenites departed from among the Amalekites. Now, if you can recall, the order was to destroy all of them. So right here, this is the first time uh, during this mission that Saul is disobeying God. So the Kenites departed from among the Amalekites, verse 7. And Saul defeated the Amalekites from Havilah as far as Shur, which is east of Egypt. And verse 8. And he took Agag, the king of the Amalekites, alive and devoted to destruction all the people with the edge of the sword. Verse 9. But Saul and the people spared Agag and the best of the sheep and of the oxen, and of the fattened calves, and the lambs, and all that was good, and would not utterly destroy them. Okay. All that was despised and worthless, they devoted to destruction. Verse 10. The word of the Lord came to Samuel. Verse 11. I regret that I have made Saul king. For he has turned back from following me and has not performed my commandments. And Samuel was angry and he cried to the Lord all night. Verse 12. And Samuel rose early to meet Saul in the morning. And it was told Samuel, Saul came to Carmel and behold, he set up a monument for himself. That's what Saul did. Saul had set up a monument, a statue for himself and turned and passed on and went down to Gilgal. Verse 13. And Samuel came to Saul and Saul said to him, blessed be you to the Lord. I have performed the commandment of the Lord. Now, either Saul was retarded or he misunderstood what Samuel said. Or he forgot Samuel was a prophet of, of the true and living God. Or he don't understand that God is all knowing. But what he just said to Samuel was not true. Okay, let's read verse 13 again. And Samuel came to Saul and Saul said to him, blessed be you to the Lord. I have performed the commandment of the Lord. Verse 14. And Samuel said, what then is this bleating of the sheep in my ears and the lowing of the oxen that I hear? Verse 15, Saul said, they have brought them from the Amalekites for the people spared the best of the sheep and of the oxen to sacrifice to the Lord your God and the rest we have devoted to destruction. Verse 16, listen to what Samuel says to Saul. Then Samuel said to Saul, stop with an explanation point behind it. I will tell you what the Lord said to me this night. And he said to him, speak. Yeah, this is what Saul said to Samuel, speak. Verse 17. And Samuel said, though you are little in your own eyes, are you not the head of the tribes of Israel? The Lord anointed you king over Israel. Verse 18. And the Lord sent you on a mission and said, go devote to destruction the sinners, the Amalekites, and fight against them until they are consumed. Verse 19. Why then 
Did you not obey the voice of the Lord? Why did you pounce on the spoil? The spoils are things and items left over from war and do what was evil in the sight of the Lord. Because when you disobey God, that's evil in his sight. Okay. Verse 20. And Saul said to Samuel, listen to this arrogant response. I have obeyed the voice of the Lord. I have gone on the mission on which the Lord sent me. I have brought Agag, the king of Amalek, and I have devoted the Amalekites to destruction. In other words, I have destroyed the Amalekites. Verse 21. But the people took of the spoil, sheep and oxen, the best of the things devoted to destruction, to sacrifice to the Lord your God in Gilgal. Verse 22. And Samuel said, has the Lord as great delight in burnt offerings and sacrifices as in obeying the voice of the Lord? That's a question. Behold, to obey is better than sacrifice. I told you this whole thing was about Samuel not obeying the mission that God sent him on. He did not obey what God told him to do. That was an order. It was not an option. And, and to listen than the fat of rams. Saul wasn't listening to God. He went on the mission, but he did what he wanted to do. God is not on the side of kings and presidents that does not obey his command. Okay. And today, in today's world, the command is do right by the people. All the people do right by the people. God is not going to tell you to go and strike another nation. Nations are going to be judged on the day of judgment, starting with the United States, the most hip hypocritical nation on the face of the earth. And you know what's scary about that? We are the best, the best nation to live in out of all of these evil and corrupt nations. And I tell you this, if we are the best, with all the hypocrisy going on and all the evils going on in America, imagine what the other nations are. Just imagine because any nation that does not serve the true and living God, which is the God of Israel, the God who created the heavens and the earth, God is not with them. So I'm telling you, we got to walk by faith, not by sight. It doesn't matter how good Canada looks. Okay. If, if the God of Israel is not the God of Canada, Canada is evil. Yeah. Don't forget. Uh, Satan walks about, you know, like an angel of light and seeking whom he may devour. So don't fall for this, this, this kindness that appears to be coming out of some of these other nations. But, uh, the one thing I got to give uh, credit to the United States for, uh, is the, the current president. He can care less that, you know, he's evil. He's showing you up front and personal how evil he is. He's a liar. He, he is a lawbreaker. He is a cheater. He disrespects women. He is a male chauvinist. Oh yeah, I can go on and on, but this is not about him. What I'm saying is to obey is better than sacrifice. Yeah, to obey is better than sacrifice. Now let's pick up at verse 23. For rebellion is as the sin of divination and presumption is as iniquity and adultery. Because you have rejected the word of the Lord. He has also rejected you from being king right here. God completely, and I mean completely, 
cut Saul off. Okay. Because he knew that, and he knew at that time that, that Saul was not going to listen to him. Okay. He couldn't even follow simple orders. I mean, I know it in, in our mindset when God ordered him to go and just annihilate the Amalekites, it, it appeared to be evil. You know, it sounds evil. Now that is how God dealt with people who messed with his people back then in the biblical days. He doesn't deal with those people like that today because the ground has been leveled to where every man can come to Christ and be saved. Okay, because this wasn't about uh, skin color. It wasn't about ethnicity. It was about people idolizing and worshiping idol gods, pagan gods, and that his people in Israel um, were being mistreated by everyone. So the Israelites would just bow down to the people and join them. They would turn away from God, even though God was allowing them to win when they went to war. See, when God was on their side, he was on their side. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's when they turned against God and he wasn't with them. It's not that God was on the side of the, the other uh, group of people. No, that's not it at all. It's that he wasn't with Israel. So whenever God wasn't with them, where, which is where their strength came from, they lost the war. They lost the fight. Now, um, we, we, I want to talk more about Saul rebelling against God. Now, um, we can cross reference this in chapter 12, verse 15, if you want to. And when, uh, the Bible says, and presumption, uh, mean rejecting the Lord, you know, which is equivalent to apostasy. The Hebrew word is teraphim is T E R A P I M. Here translated idolatry, you know, it refers to either household gods, which is pagan gods. Um, you can also read about uh, pagan gods and, and, and what this verse is referring to it in Genesis 31, 19, Judges 17, 5 and 1 Samuel 19, 13. We will get there. Or ancestor figurines used as aids to divination. Okay. And I read and studied this, uh, in Ezekiel 21, 21, Hosea three, four and Zechariah 10, two Saul is rejected as King here. And also in first Samuel 15, 26 and 13, uh, 13 and 14. Now this is where God truly cut Samuel off. This was it. Uh, not Samuel. Let me correct myself. Not Samuel. He cut King Saul off. Because Saul was a disobedient king. Y'all saw he had them build monuments in his name. Oh yeah. He was worried about pleasing the people. That is what Saul's issue was. He wanted to be seen as an authoritative figure in front of the eyes of the people. And he wanted to please the people. So he figured out if I do things to please the people, they're going to love me. Oh yeah, they're going to praise me. They will exalt me. That's what Saul's problem was. You can't be king if that is your, your characteristics. No, you can't. Your job is to not just please the people, but your job is to do right by them. In this case, back then, God wanted him to destroy the people that kept attacking Israel. And you also have to remember, I know I said earlier, and it's not a contradiction, 
that you have to do right by the people. I didn't say please them. I said do right by the people. You have to remember back in the biblical days, Israel was a theocracy. They, they had men of God, a prophet and a priest. In this case, Eli and his sons died. And uh, now we are reading where the people, the children of Israel, the Israelites requested a king. They got their first king, Saul. And Saul was supposed to listen to the man of God, which was Samuel the prophet. And he wasn't listening to him. He appeared to be listening. But when you see Samuel try to carry out the mission, he took turns. You know, he made a left turn, right turn. When God said, do this, he went the other way. Okay. Uh, let's pick up at verse 24. I don't want to linger too long. We got to get as much as we can uh, in within an hour. Verse 24, Saul said to Samuel, I have sinned for I have transgressed the commandment of the Lord and your words because I feared the people and obeyed their voice. There you have it. He cared about what the people thought and decided to do what the people wanted him to do. Verse 25. Now, therefore, please pardon my sin and return with me that I may bow before the Lord. Now, it appears that Saul is repenting. No, he's not, because I want you to listen to what he's saying. So you can't be deceived either. How many times we heard somebody say uh, a leader say what well, they, they were going to do and they didn't do it. Mm -mm. They did what pleased them. That's what they did. Verse 25 again. Now, therefore, please pardon my sin and return with me that I may bow before the Lord. Verse 26. And Samuel said to Saul, I will not return with you for you have rejected the word of the Lord. Samuel sticking with God. And that's what I, what I always say. I'm sticking with the Lord. I'm not following you. Uh, while you sin against the Lord, I'm sticking with the Lord. Okay. Um, and the Lord has rejected you from being king over Israel. So Saul was removed at that time. Okay. But he never stepped down as king. But, but listen to, to, to this now. Uh, remember Jesus said a tree is known by its fruit. No corrupt tree can bear good fruit. Its works will always be evil. Always, and y'all need to remember that, even when it appears that the tree, the um, the vines, the root of the tree is strong and good. Let me tell you something. You better pay attention to the fruit that tree bears. If that fruit is rotten, the tree is rotten. So listen, listen to Samuel. Verse 27, as Samuel turned to go away, Saul seized the skirt of his robe and it tore. Verse 28, and Samuel said to him, the Lord has torn the kingdom of Israel from you this day and he and has given it to a neighbor of yours who is better than you. Verse 29, and also the glory of Israel will not lie or have regret for he has not a man that he should have regret. Verse 30, then he said, I have sinned yet honor me now before the elders of my people and before Israel and return with me that I may bow before the Lord, your God. Did you hear what, what Saul said? Verse 30, then he said, I have sinned yet. yet, yet that appears to be repentant. No, he's not. Listen, listen to him now. Yet honor me now before the elders of my people and before Israel honor him. See, that's what his issue was. 
He liked the attention. He wanted to be honored. He defeated the Amalekites, but he didn't carry out the mission the Lord gave him. He didn't. He left the, some people living to where they can come back later and attack Israel. God told him to annihilate that entire village or city. Okay. And he didn't do it. He didn't do it. He left a door open for those people to, to return and attack Israel. Um, verse 30 again, because this is where I'm trying to get you to understand Saul's heart was just evil. It was about himself. Then he said, I have sinned yet honor me now before the elders of my people and before Israel and return with me that I may bow before the Lord, your God. He wasn't going to bow before the Lord. He wanted to bow before the people. Mm -hmm. He wanted all the attention on him. Verse 31. So Samuel turned back after Saul and Saul bowed before the Lord. 32. Then Samuel said, bring here to me Agag, the king of the Amalekites. And Agag came to him cheerfully. Agag said, surely the bitterness of death is past. What Agag was saying is, oh, you know, surely y'all ain't gonna kill me now. You know, it doesn't matter what I did to Israel in the past. I know y'all not going to kill me now because, you know, Saul, you know, he pardoned me. Verse 33. And Samuel said, as your sword has made women childless, killing the sons and daughters of, of the children of Israel, of the women of Israel, so shall your mother be childless among women. And Samuel hacked Agag to pieces before the Lord in Gilgal. That was the order of God to, to uh, Saul. So Samuel completed the mission. See, when you kill the king, the people fall. Because the people scatter without a leader. Don't you, don't you fall for this. Agag was evil. He was an evil man. Um, I'm, I was, you know, contemplating a little bit about giving you more history on Agag, but that's not what, what this uh, series is about. So, uh, let me read 33 again, and then we'll move to 34. And Samuel said, as your sword has made women childless, so shall your mother be childless among women. And Samuel hacked Agag to pieces before the Lord in Gilgal. Verse 34. Then Samuel went to Ramah and Saul went up to his house in Gibeah of Saul. Verse 35. And Samuel did not see Saul again until the day of his death. But Samuel grieved over Saul and the Lord regretted that he had made Saul king over Israel. And right here, I make it plain and simple where, where anyone can understand. Just because you are a president or a king doesn't mean God is on your side. And, and it, this is simple and clear. So don't let them go to the scriptures on you. You got to read the entire chapters. OK, to see what led to 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 that scripture. How often have you heard verse thirty five and thirty four, especially thirty five? And Samuel did not see Saul again until the day of his death. But Samuel grieved over Saul and the Lord regretted that he had made Saul king over Israel. Mm -hmm. Chapter 16. Verse one, the Lord said to Samuel, how long will you grieve over Saul since I have rejected him from being king over Israel? So uh, remember this now. Saul is not supposed to be king over Israel right now. Fill your horn with oil and go. I will send you to Jesse, the Bethlehemite. 
for I have provided for myself a king among his sons. Now, do y'all remember Jesse? Mm-hmm. Who is Jesse? Jesse is the grandson of Ruth and Boaz. Ruth is a black woman. Boaz is from Judah. He's a Jew. And Jesse is their grandson. And guess what? His son David is the great-grandson of Ruth and Boaz. King David has black in him. Okay, see, y'all have been lied to over the years. Why you think they didn't want uh, the ancestors of, of, of uh, black people to read? Because they would see that they are lying. Because Ruth is black and Boaz was from Judah and he was a Jew and Jesse is their grandson and David is their great grandson. So David is a mixed child, but God never talks about that. You notice that God never mentions uh, their, their ethnicity or their background. We have to read it. That's where good teachers come from. They tell you where people are from and who they came from. Okay. Verse two. And Samuel said, how can I go? If Saul hears it, he will kill me. Samuel knew the heart of Saul. Mm -hmm. And all they did was remove him from being king. And Saul turned into a monster. He turned into his true colors. Okay, his true colors. And Samuel or Saul never told the people that God removed Saul from being king. Uh-uh, never told him that. Um, the latter part of verse two. Uh, take a heifer or a heifer with you and say, I have come to sacrifice to the Lord. Um, verse three. And invite Jesse to the sacrifice. And I will show you what you shall do. And you shall anoint for me him whom I declare to you, meaning when he choose, God is going to uh, show Samuel which of Jesse's sons he want to be king of Israel. See, God had searched the hearts. He know which one he wanted to be king. Verse four, Samuel did what the Lord commanded and came to Bethlehem. The elders of the city came to meet him trembling and said, do you come peaceful, peaceably? Verse five. And he said, peaceably. I have come to sacrifice to the Lord. Consecrate yourselves and come with me to the sacrifice. And he consecrated Jesse and his sons and invited them to the sacrifice. Verse six. When they came, he looked on, Eli on Eliab. I think that's how you pronounce it. E-L-I-A-B. And thought, surely the Lord's anointed is before him. Mm -mm, mm -mm. But the Lord, uh, verse seven. But the Lord said to Samuel. Do not look on his appearance or on the height of his stature because I have rejected him. God is saying, that's not the one I'm choosing for the Lord sees not a, not as man sees man looks on the outward appearance, but the Lord looks on the heart. And I want y'all to remember verse seven of chapter 16 here. I need to read verse seven again. It bears reading. When you have someone who telling you, no, God said, no, 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 no. Man does that. It's written right here in the Old Testament and New Testament. Okay, if you know this Bible well. Verse 7 again, but the Lord said to Samuel, do not look on his appearance or on the height of his statue. Because that's what Samuel was going by. Remember, Samuel is just a man too. He may be God's prophet, but he's human. Because I have rejected him. God said, I'm not choosing that one 
For the Lord sees not as man sees. God doesn't look at things like we look at things. Man looks on the outward appearance. Man looks at skin color. Man looks at height. Man looks at if you are handsome, but not God. The Bible says at the latter part of verse 7, but the Lord looks on the heart. That's how God chooses his people. Okay. Mm -hmm. Verse 8, then Jesse called Abinadab and made him pass before Samuel. And he said, neither has the Lord chosen this one. He's being nice about it. Verse 9, then Jesse made Shammah pass by. And he said, neither has the Lord chosen this one. Verse 10, and Jesse made seven of his sons pass before Samuel. And Samuel said to Jesse, the Lord has not chosen these. So we know that Jesse had a lot of children. <laughs> Verse 11, then Samuel said to Jesse, are all your sons here? And he said, there remains yet the youngest. But behold, he is keeping the sheep. And Samuel said to Jesse, send and get him. For we will not sit down till he comes here. Verse 12. And he sent and brought him in. Now he was ruddy. Uh, meaning he had a reddish color skin. Little dark reddish color skin. And had beautiful eyes and was handsome. And the Lord said, arise, anoint him for this is he. Verse 13. Then Samuel took the horn of oil and anointed him in the midst of his brothers. And the spirit of the Lord rushed upon David from that day forward. And Samuel rose up and went to Ramah. David was anointed to be king of Israel that day. Now I want you to keep in mind, Saul was removed, but he's not going to act like he's removed. And David being young, very respectful, handsome young man, short, but he was a warrior. You hear me? He was a warrior. David wasn't scared of anybody. It doesn't matter that he was short. He, because he had faith that God was with him. That's the key. It doesn't matter what things look like. If you have faith that God is with you and going to fight for you, you will win. You will have victory in everything that you encounter. Okay. Verse 14. Now the spirit of the Lord departed from Saul. Do, do y'all hear this? The spirit of the Lord departed from Saul. Saul is no longer God's anointed. And a harmful spirit. Now, in the ESV, I, I really have to explain this because the Bible does not contradict itself and God is not associated with evil. Listen to this. And a harmful spirit from the Lord tormented him. Now, that is not, I know what it says, but you have to remember, Hebrew is a difficult language to, to translate into English. So when it says, and a harmful spirit from the Lord tormented him, what this means is a harmful spirit apart from the Lord tormented him. Now, why they just couldn't put that there is because they didn't know how to translate it from Hebrew, but they could have put, uh, departed from the Lord. Yeah. A harmful spirit that departed from the Lord tormented him. It wasn't with the Lord. It wasn't from the Lord. And I need y'all to understand that because you got to remember in, um, Corinthians, think it's first Corinthians when, when the apostle Paul was explaining to people who were being tempted by evil, he was letting them know God doesn't tempt man by evil, nor can he be tempted with evil. So evil is not associated with the Lord. Okay. Um, verse 15 and Saul's servant said to him, behold, now a harmful spirit from God is tormenting you. It was not a harmful spirit from God tormenting Saul. 
Okay. I want y'all to remember that. And I'm going to remind you each time we come across a scripture like that, because the, uh, the, the majority of the versions of the Bible will say things like that. And it is the responsibility of teachers, good teachers to not manipulate these scriptures so that you will think it means something else. It doesn't mean that this spirit is coming from God because God doesn't is not associated with evil. Okay. Verse 16, let our Lord now command your servants who are before you to seek out a man who is skillful in playing the liar. And when the harmful spirit from God is upon you, he will play it and you will be well. <laughs> uh, you, the, the translators did a horrible job. And the reason I stuck with the ESV, because the other ones are, are, are basically um, refer, uh, at least given the implication that this is from God as well. But it's not. It's not. God is a merciful God and he doesn't send evil spirits upon people. OK, I want to make that clear. Um, verse 17. So Saul said to his servants, provide for me a man who can play well and bring him to me. Verse 18. One of the young men answered, behold, I have seen a son of Jesse, uh, the Bethlehemite, who is skillful in playing, which is a heart, a man of valor, a man of war, prudent in speech and a man of good presence. He talking about David who was anointed to be king. Now, Saul didn't notice at the time, because see, at this point, Saul has just um, exacted revenge on the Lord in his heart. See, God knows the heart. Yeah, uh, Saul is a horrible man. Do you hear me? A demonic man who was over people, whom God had anointed to be king over Israel. All he had to do was obey God. But no, he decided to obey his flesh. And his flesh led him to please man first so that man can applaud him. That's what all that was about. He liked the attention of the people. Verse 19, therefore Saul sent messengers to Jesse and said, send me David, your son, who is with the sheep. Verse 20, and Jesse took a donkey laden with bread and a skin of wine and a young goat and sent them by David, his son, to Saul. Verse 21, and David came to Saul and entered his service and Saul loved him greatly and he became his armor bearer. Verse 22, and Saul sent to Jesse saying, let David remain in my service for he has found favor in my sight. Verse 23, and whenever the harmful spirit that wasn't a part of God, okay, but this says, and whenever the harmful spirit from God was upon Saul, David took the lyre and played, which was a harp and played it with his hand. So Saul was refreshed and was well and the harmful spirit departed from him because we would be dealing with a lunatic God. Do y'all hear me? The harmful spirit departed from him. Now, the, I, I need to keep reiterating this. Um, this, the harmful spirit was not associated with God. Okay. He removed the spirit from Saul when David played music for Saul, David is referred to as the sweet psalmist of Israel. Okay. And that's also written in second Samuel 23 and one. We will eventually get there too. Um, after this series, maybe that'll be, um, a second series I'll, I'll do. I'm not sure yet. Now, now as the author of several songs, second Samuel 117, that's who David, you know, is. 
um, one seven, uh, chapter one, verse 17 to 27. I'm trying to remember this in chapter 22 verses one through 51 first Chronicles chapter 16, verse seven through 36. You can also read Amos chapter six, verse five and many Psalms David wrote. He is also, uh, credited with establishing the temple musicians in first Chronicles six 31. Uh-huh. David was so talented, little warrior. Okay. I mean, just a little warrior. Um, let's, let's pick up at, um, verse 22 again, and then read 23 before we enter into chapter 17, verse 22. And Saul sent to Jesse saying, let David remain in my service for he has found favor in my sight. Verse 23. And whenever the harmful spirit from God was upon Saul, what, here's the thing. Let, let revelation just hit me. Thank you. Holy spirit. Uh, the harmful spirit also refers to whenever Saul thought about God, removing him from being King, that that was a harmful spirit to Saul, but it wasn't God, uh, per se sending that harmful spirit on Saul. Okay. Saul thought about God removing him from being King. And that was harmful to his spirit. So David took the lyre and played it with his hand. So Saul was refreshed and was well, and the harmful spirit departed from him. Chapter 17. Now the Philistines gathered their armies for battle, and they were gathered at Zoko, which belongs to Judah, and encamped between Zoko and Azekah in Ephdamon, which means border of blood. And that's what Ephdamon means, border of blood now. I struggle to pronounce these uh, Hebrew words, but I can sure enough tell you what it means. Verse two, and Saul and the men of Israel were gathered and encamped in the valley of Elah and drew up in line of battle against the Philistines. Verse three, and the Philistines stood on the mountain on the one side and Israel stood on the mountain on the other side with a valley between them. Verse four. And there came out from the camp of the Philistines, a champion named Goliath of Gath, whose height was six cubits and a span. Verse five, meaning Goliath was very, was very tall. Now I want y'all to remember David. David was very short, but he was a warrior and wasn't afraid of any man. Verse five. And he had a helmet of bronze on his head and he was armed with a coat of mail and the weight of the coat was 5,000 shekels of bronze. Verse six. And he had bronze armor on his legs and a javelin of bronze slung between his shoulders. Verse seven. The shaft of his spear was like, was like a weaver's beam and his spear's head weighed 600 shekels of iron and his shield barrier went before him. Verse eight. He stood and shouted to the ranks of Israel. Why have you come out to draw up for battle? Am I not a Philistine? And are you not servants of Saul? Choose a man for yourselves and let him come down to me. Verse nine. It, be careful what you ask for. By the way, verse nine. If he is able to fight with me and kill me, then we will be your servants. But if I prevail against him and kill him, then you shall be our servants and serve us. Verse 10. And the Philistine said, I defy the ranks of Israel this day. Give me a man that we may fight together. 
verse 11. When Saul and all Israel heard these words of the Philistine, they were dismayed and greatly afraid. Why do you think God uh, removed Saul? Because Saul was scared of appearance. Okay. Saul didn't have faith in God. He walked by what he saw. Now, verse 12. Now, David was the son of an Ephrathite of Bethlehem in Judah, was the son of Jesse, named Jesse, who had eight sons. In the days of Saul, the man was already old and advanced in years, meaning Jesse was old. Verse 13, the three oldest sons of Jesse had followed Saul to the battle. And the names of these three sons who went to the battle were Eliab, uh, the firstborn of Jesse, and the next to him was Abinadab, and the third, Shammah. Verse 14, David was the youngest. The three eldest followed Saul. Verse 15, but David went back and forth from Saul to feed his father's sheep at Bethlehem. Verse 16, for 40 days the Philistine came forward and took his stand morning and evening, all day. You hear me? <laughs> Verse 17. And Jesse said to David, his son, take for your brothers an ephah of this parched grain and these 10 loaves and carry them quickly to the camp to your brothers. Verse 18. Also take these 10 cheeses to the commander of their thousand. See if your brothers are well and bring some token from them. Verse 19. Now Saul and they and all the men of Israel were in the valley of Elah, fighting with the Philistines. Verse 20. And David rose early in the morning and left the sheep with a keeper and took the provisions and went as Jesse had commanded him. He's listening and obeying his father. And he came to the encampment as the host was going out to the battle line shouting the war cry. Verse 21. And Israel and the Philistines drew up for battle, army against army. Verse 22. And David left the things in charge of the keeper of the, of the baggage and ran to the ranks and went and greeted his brothers. Verse 23. As he talked with them, behold, the champion, the Philistine of Gath, Goliath by name, came up out of the ranks of the Philistines and spoke the same words as before. And David heard him. The little warrior heard him. Verse 24. All the men of Israel, when they saw the man, fled from him and were much afraid. Verse 25. And the men of Israel said, Have you seen this man who has come up? Surely he has come up to defy Israel. And the king will enrich the man who kills him with great riches and will give him his daughter and make his father's house free in Israel. Verse 26, and David said to the men who stood by him, what shall be done for the man who kills this Philistine and takes away the reproach from Israel? Because they kept attacking Israel. For who is this uncircumcised Philistine who wasn't a Jew that he should defy the armies of the living God? You see, you see that fate that David has? That only comes from God trusting in the living God. Did you hear what David said? Let me read verse 26 again. And David said to the men who stood, stood by him, what shall be done for the man who kills this Philistine 
or Philistine, which uh, whichever one um, pronunciation you use is correct, and takes away the reproach from Israel. For who is this uncircumcised Philistine that he should defy the armies of the living God? Verse 27. And the people answered him in the same way. So shall it be done to the man who kills him. Verse 28. Now Eliab, his eldest brother, heard when he spoke to the men. And Eliab's anger was kindled against David. And he said, why have you come down? And with whom have you left those few sheep in the wilderness? That's what he was worried about. But he didn't know that um, God, it was God really who led David there so he can uh, kill Goliath in front of everyone. I know your presumption and the evil of your heart. No, his brother didn't. For you have come down to see the battle. No, David didn't have an evil bone in his heart. You hear me? Do, did you hear what I said? Verse 29. And David said, what have I done now? Was it not but a word? You couldn't just run over little David here. I wish I could have seen him. You know, we don't have a picture of David. We just know he was handsome. He had beautiful eyes and he was short in stature. Verse 30. And he turned away from him toward another and spoke in the same way. And the people answered him again as before. Verse 31. When the words that David spoke were heard, they repeated them before Saul. And he sent for him. Saul requested that David come to him. Verse 32. And David said to Saul, let no man's heart fail because of him. Did you hear that? Had more heart than Saul. The king now, who, whom God had removed, but the people didn't know that God removed uh, Saul as king. Verse 32 again. And David said to Saul, let no man's heart fail because of him. Your servant will go and fight with the Philistines. Verse 33, and Saul said to David, you are not able to go against this Philistine to fight with him for you are but a youth and he has been a man of war from his youth, meaning Goliath had experience in fighting. Okay. Verse 34, but David said to Saul, your servant used to keep sheep for his father. And when there came a lion or a bear and took a lamb from the flock, Verse 35, I went after him and struck him and delivered it out of his mouth. And if he arose against me, I caught him by his, be by his beard and struck him and killed him. Verse 36, bless his little heart. Your servant has struck down both lions and bears. And this uncircumcised Philistine shall be like one of them. He spoke it. Do you hear me? He spoke it into existence. For he has defied the armies of the living God. Verse 37, and David said, the Lord who delivered me from the paw of the lion and from the paw of the bear will deliver me from the hand of this Philistine. And Saul said to David, go and the Lord be with you. Just go ahead. He ain't believe nothing David said, but I do. Uh-huh. And not just because I read it. It's because I knew David had faith in God. And that's all it takes for you to have victory is to have faith in God. Verse 38. Then Saul clothed David with his armor. He put a helmet of bronze on his head and clothed him with a coat of mail. Verse 39. And David strapped his sword over his armor. And he tried in vain to go, for he had not tested them. Then David said to Saul, I cannot go with these, for I have not tested them. So David put them off. He took off his armor. Verse 40. 
Then he took his staff in his hand and chose five smooth stones from the brook and put them in his shepherd's pouch. His sling was in his hand and he approached the Philistine. Can you visualize this? This little bitty youth who had the heart of a lion, who was not afraid of this big monster standing in front of him named Goliath. Verse 41. And the Philistine moved forward and came near David with his shield barrier in front of him. Verse 42. And when the Philistine looked and saw David, he disdained him for he was put, he was uh, but a youth ruddy and handsome in appearance. Even <laughs> Goliath knew that David was young and handsome and he was reddish looking. Okay. That's what his skin was. Okay. It was not white. His skin, they saying reddish looking, but he had dark skin. He had fair skin. Okay. Verse 43. And the Philistine said to David, am I a dog that you come to me with sticks? And the Philistine cursed David by his gods. Okay, by the Philistines, gods. Verse 44, the Philistines said to David, come to me and I will give your flesh to the birds of the air and to the beast of the field. Verse 45, then David said to the Philistine, you come to me, oh, my Lord. Oh, that spirit just hit me. Listen to what David says in verse 45. Then David said to, to the Philistine, you come to me with a sword and with a spear. And with a, a javelin, but I come to you in the name of the Lord of hosts, the God of the armies of Israel, whom you have defied. Verse 46, David went to him in the name of the Lord. That's all he needed. That's all we need. Oh, I get full when, I, when we read scriptures pertaining to all you got to do is just believe in the Lord and come to people in the name of the Lord and he will be with you. Oh, yes. Verse 46. This day, the Lord will deliver you into my hand. Now, this little David talking and I will strike you down and cut off your head and I will give the dead bodies of the host of the Philistines this day to the birds of the air and to the wild beast of the earth that all the earth may know that there is a God in Israel. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. That's the same God we serve. Hallelujah. Praise God. Verse 47. And that all this assembly may know that the Lord saves not with sword and spear. For the battle is the Lord's and he will give you into my hands. Did y'all hear that? The battle is the Lord's and he will give you into our hand. Verse 48, when the Philistine arose and came and drew near to meet David, David ran quickly toward the battle, toward the battle line to meet the Philistine. Verse 49, and David put his hand in his bag and took out a stone, a little small stone, and slung it and struck the Philistine on his forehead. The stone sank into his forehead and he fell. Who? The Philistine, Philistine fell on his face to the ground. One shot, one shot. Verse 50. So David prevailed over the Philistine, Philistine with a sling and with a stone and struck the Philistine and killed him. Da David killed Goliath, whom everyone was afraid of. You say there's power in numbers. No, there's power 
if you come to someone in the name of the Lord. Because uh, how many uh, people, how many uh, members of the military Saul had? We read, what, 200, 300,000? How many? Verse 51. Then David ran and stood over the Philistine and took his sword and drew it out of its sheath and killed him and cut off his head with it. When the Philistines saw that their champion was dead, they fled. Didn't I tell you if you take out the leader, the, his followers will flee? Didn't I tell you that? Verse 52. And the men of Israel and Judah rose with a shout and pursued the Philistines as far as Gath and the gates of Ekron. So that the wounded Philistines fell on the way from Shariah as far as Gath and Ekron. Verse 53. And the people of Israel came back from chasing the Philistines and they plundered their camp. Verse 54, they took all the spoils, by the way, verse 54. And David took the head of the Philistine and brought it to Jerusalem, but he put his armor in his tent. Verse 55, as soon as Saul saw David go out against the Philistine, he said to Abner, the commander of the army, Abner, whose son is this youth? And Abner said, as your soul lives, O king, I do not know. They didn't know that Jesse was David's father, which is what uh, Saul was inquiring about uh, verse 56. And the king said, inquire whose son the boy is, verse 57. And as soon as David returned from the striking down of the Philistine, Abner took him and brought him before Saul with the head of the Philistine in his hand. <laughs> David was holding that trophy in his hand. Verse 58. And Saul said to him, whose son are you, young man? And David answered, I am the son of your servant, Jesse, the Bethlehemite. Chapter 18. We are going to go over uh, this hour, but it's not going to be long. We're going to complete chapter 18 and try to complete chapters 19, 20, 21, and 22 tomorrow. I know I mentioned last week that I was going to be busy Sunday, but one of my events canceled. So um, I'll be able to do a, uh, another episode tomorrow. Verse 1 of chapter 18. As soon as he had finished speaking to Saul, the soul of Jonathan was knit to the soul of David, and Jonathan loved him as his own soul. Verse 2. And Saul took him that day, and would not let him return to his father's house. Verse 3. Then Jonathan made a covenant with David because he loved him as his own soul. Verse 4. And Jonathan stripped himself of the robe that was on him and gave it to David and his armor and even his sword and his bow and his belt. Verse 5. And David went out and was successful wherever Saul sent him. So that Saul set him over the men of war. And this was good in the sight of all the people and also in the sight of Saul's servant. Now, Saul is taking all the accolades for what David is doing, but the people don't know David is their king. They are anointed and they're chosen king by God. Okay, verse six, as they were coming home, when David returned from striking down the Philistine, the, the women came out of all the cities of Israel singing and dancing to meet King Saul with tambourines, with songs of joy and with musical instruments. Verse seven. And the women sang to one another as they celebrated. Saul was struck down his thousands. Now listen to what the women were singing now. 
but <laughs> I I don't know the intent behind the song, but what I do know is they didn't know that their their, their so-called king who is really their ex-king is a jealous king at heart. Okay, and what they are singing did not set well with him. Verse 7, and the women sang to one another as they celebrated. Saul has struck down his thousands and David his ten thousands. Verse 8, and Saul was very angry and, and this saying displeased him because he was jealous. He said, they have ascribed to David ten thousands and to me they have ascribed thousands. And what more can he have but the kingdom? Oh, oh, remove him from power. That's what the issue Saul was having. And Saul eyed David from that day on. From that day on, baby, Saul uh, went out to kill David. Okay, but remember, uh, Saul's son Jonathan made a pact with David. Saul's son Jonathan saw that David was genuine. He had a good heart, a pure heart. And he was a little warrior. He wasn't afraid of no one. And you got to remember, even when David was fighting Goliath, he said, I come to you in the name of the Lord. He didn't say, I come to you in the name of myself. He said, I come to you in the name of the Lord. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Verse 9 again. And Saul eyed David from that day on. Verse 10. The next day, a harmful spirit from God rushed upon Saul. No. It was a harmful spirit that came upon Saul because he thought about David. It didn't come from God. Okay. Rushed upon Saul and he raved within his house while David was playing the liar as he did day by day. David was also a musician. Y'all have to remember that Saul had his spear in his hand. Verse 11. And Saul hurled the spear for he thought, I will pin David to the wall, but David evaded him twice. Don't forget that uh, David is anointed by God now, and he's the king, the new king of Israel. Um, and let me tell you something. You can't kill what God has anointed and blessed. And don't forget, God removed his spirit from Saul a few chapters ago. Verse 12, Saul was afraid of David because the Lord was with him. Ah, he sure wasn't afraid of the Lord. Saul had to be retarded. He had to be something. He had to be challenged mentally for him not to understand God can see everything he does and that God was not going to allow him to harm David. He, he couldn't foresee that. On um, verse 12 again, Saul was afraid of David because the Lord was with him, but had departed from Saul. So Saul knew God was no longer with him. Okay, verse 13, so Saul removed him from his presence and made him a commander of a thousand. <laughs> and he went out and came in before the people. Verse 14, and David had success in all his undertakings. For the Lord was with him. With who? David. The Lord was with David and that's why he had success in everything he did. Verse 15, and when Saul saw that he had great success, he stood in fearful awe of him. Verse 16, but all Israel and Judah loved David, for he went out and came in before them. Verse 17, then Saul said to David, here is my elder daughter, Mirab. I will give her to you for a wife. Only be valiant for me. 
and fight the Lord's battles. For Saul thought, let not my hand be against him, but let the hand of the Philistines be against him. So what Saul was trying to do is send David out to fight the Philistines to where someday they will eventually kill David. Did you hear what he said? He said he wasn't going to let his hand kill David, but he wanted the Philistines to kill him. Oh, a, 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 a dirty, rotten scoundrel Saul was. Verse 18, and David said to Saul, who am I and who are my relatives, my father's clan in Israel, that I should be son-in-law to the king? Now, David didn't know that he was chosen to be king now here. David was very humbled. He's saying, who am I to deserve this, to be son-in-law to the king? That is what David is saying, verse 19. But at the time when Mirab, Saul's daughter, should have been given to David, she was given to Adriel, the Mahalathite, for a wife. Verse 20. Now Saul's daughter, Michal, or either Michael, loved David, and they told Saul, and the thing pleased him. The thing pleased Saul when he found out that one of his daughters was in love with David, because he was so handsome, but he was humble, a little warrior. Verse 21, Saul thought, let me give her to him that she may be a snare for him and that the hand of the Philistines may be against him. Therefore, Saul said to David a second time, you shall now be my son-in-law. Verse 22, and Saul commanded his servants, speak to David in private and say, behold, the king has delight in you and all his servants love you. Now then become the king's son-in-law. Now, it, it, all these things Saul is saying initially appears to be good, right? But his intent is evil. Mm-hmm. I mean, Saul was very evil. Remember I told you guys that no good tree can bear bad, uh, or bear, uh, bad fruit. If the tree is rotten, the fruit will be rotten. Those are the word of the Lord Jesus Christ. So Saul was evil from the inside out even with um, recommending that David marry his daughter, he still had an evil plan behind that. You heard the evil plan, verse 22. And Saul commanded his servant, speak to David in private and say, behold, the king has delight in you and all his servants love you. Now then become the king's son-in-law, verse 23. And Saul's servants spoke those words in the ears of David. And David said, does it seem to you a little thing to become the king's son-in-law since I am a poor man and have no reputation? David was very humble. To him, all he did was he killed Goliath. So his reputation had grown throughout Israel and throughout the Amalekites. But he was so humble because he killed the person who was trying to harm God's people, the Israelites. Okay, verse 24. And the servants of Saul told him thus and so David speak. He told him what David said. Verse 25. Then Saul said, thus shall you say to David, the king desires no, no bride price except a hundred foreskins of the Philistines. He's trying to get David to kill the Philistines in hopes that the Philistines or Philistines would kill David. Okay, l listen, before I complete 25, let me read it again from the beginning. Then Saul said, thus shall you say to David, the king desires no bride price, meaning he, he doesn't have to pay for his daughter, 
except a hundred foreskins of the Philistines, that he may be avenged of the king's enemy. Now Saul thought to make David fall by the hand of the Philistines. It was always something sinister behind uh, the kind words or the appearance of kind words that Saul had for David. There was always something sinister behind it. Verse 26, rotten tree. Verse 26, and when his servants told David these words, it pleased David well to be the king's son-in-law before the time had expired. Verse 25, David arose and went along with his men and killed 200 of the Philistines. And David brought their foreskins, which were given in full number to the king, that he might become the king's son-in-law. And Saul gave him his daughter, Michael, for a wife. Verse 28. But when Saul saw and knew that the Lord was with David, he knew that the Lord was with David and was still trying to get David killed. And that Michael, Saul's daughter, loved him. Verse 29, Saul was even more afraid of David. So Saul was David's enemy continually. Did, did you hear me? It doesn't matter what he says. Sounds familiar to y'all? Uh-huh. In America, what leader was saying something nice and then his actions or, or his true character, just evil from the inside out. Remember the words of the Lord Jesus Christ? No good tree can bear bad fruit. Either make the tree good or the tree bad. Either way, if a bad tree says something good out of his mouth, you better watch out. There's something sinister behind it. Uh-huh. Verse 30. Then the commanders of the Philistines came out to battle. And as often as they came out, David had more success than all the servants of Saul. So that his name was highly esteemed. Everybody had respect for King David. They didn't know that it, he was uh, their king chosen by God at that time but everybody had respect for the little lad yes so that was the end of chapter 18 folks so um with that said remember that we are still in this pandemic if you have to go out in public i haven't left the house today hmm, now that i think about it please wear your mask so that you can protect others just in case you are a carrier with no symptoms to make sure you don't spread the virus and Make sure you are six to eight feet apart from anyone. If you go into a grocery store, department store, out shopping, just make sure you practice social distancing and wear your mask. And if you uh, encounter someone without a mask, don't stand by that individual. Make sure you eight to 10 feet away. You know, do your part so that we can flatten the curve. Now, we will try to cover chapters 19, 20, 21, and 22 tomorrow. So until tomorrow, saints, God loves you. I love you. Peace out. All right. I hope you were enlightened by this message. If you have any questions or comments about this episode, please send your questions to trustgod55.cd at gmail.com. Or you can send me a direct message by clicking on the message button located on my podcast, Anchor, Spotify, Breaker, Google Podcasts, and Radio Public, and submit your remarks. You can also support my podcast financially by accessing all my podcasts and clicking on the support this podcast button. Whatever you choose to donate will be greatly appreciated. I am praying for God to give you a return on your seed. Praise God.
In 2 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 6, the Apostle Paul says, as it relates to sowing a seed, But this I say, he who sows sparingly will also reap sparingly, and he who sows bountifully will also reap bountifully. Hallelujah. Now, God will give you a return on your seed as long as you sow your seed in good ground with a cheerful heart. The key is having a cheerful heart. Now, until next time, brothers and sisters, faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. We walk by faith, not by what we see. I am your host and teacher, Dr. Kamala D, rightly dividing the word of truth in peace and love. I thank you for tuning in and I hope to see you next time.